Episode 34 of Chef Demoni, which came out a little over a year ago, featured some chefs around the world talking at the start of the pandemic. Fingers crossed and knock on wood and all that good stuff, vaccine rollout is proceeding, and here in British Columbia, at least, restrictions are easing. In my favorite city to visit, Las Vegas, Nevada, the restrictions seem to be gone. So I've been thinking lately that it would be fun every now and then on Chef Demoni to bring you an audio snapshot of what's going on with a chef or in a particular city or with an interesting food scene. My goal is to bring you individual snapshots every now and then outside the usual bi-weekly Chef Demoni publishing schedule. And today, as an introduction to the concept, I'm bringing you two snapshots, one from my hometown of Gibsons, BC, and the other, of course, from Las Vegas. Here we go. On with the snapshots. Talking to chefs and sometimes lawyers, but always to people who love food. You're listening to the Chef Demoni Podcast. Here's your host, Graham McLennan. Welcome back to Chef Demoni. Here it is Friday again. And if you're new here, welcome to the show. Chef Demoni is my podcast about food. I used to cook professionally years ago, but now that I've returned to being a lawyer full time, Chef Demoni is my way of staying connected to the world of food. Today, you're going to hear the first two Chef Demoni snapshots with more to follow. Joining me first is Paul Haldane, chef at the wonderful Persephone Beer Farm here in Gibsons on the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia. Longtime listeners will remember Paul from episode 32, where we talked about his cooking background and his water kefir business, Coastal Cultures. For today's interview, Paul and I met in the very hot sun in the chicken orchard, of all places, at Persephone. And he's going to give us a great rundown on the food scene right now here on the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia. If you've visited or if you're a resident, you'll certainly recognize some of the names of the food businesses that Paul and I discuss. All right, soon we will be heading to Las Vegas to hear what's happening there. But right now, join Paul and me at the Chicken Orchard on the Persephone Beer Farm. Paul, thank you for hosting us here in what I've just learned is the Chicken Orchard at Persephone Brewing and Beer Farm. What a gorgeous sunny afternoon. Thanks for being back on Chef Timoni. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, and welcome to the Chicken Orchard. It's a new little area we've got here at Persephone, and um, turns out we're going to start using it as an event space pretty quick, because we've got lots of people knocking on the door about events this year. I bet. I bet. And that's really what I want, not events specifically, but the knock on the door is what I'd love to get your thoughts on, Paul, both here at Persephone and on the Sunshine Coast generally. Now that knock on wood restrictions are lifting a little bit, what is the food scene like? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? I think, yeah, people are just desperate to get out, desperate to get back, I guess, indoors dining, let alone sitting <laughs> here in the blazing sun. But yeah, from what I hear, there's, you know, there's lots of stuff going on. Salt and Swine have opened now their full-time location, which is awesome. We're actually stocking their chips and salsa in the tasting room here at Persephone. Drift and Molly's, same owners, they're going great guns. I think they're just trying to expand ours, but I think everyone's trying to expand ours. But the same problem we're having here at Persephone is finding competence or any staff, to be fair especially for the kitchen. Um, so I just took over the food program here at Persephone and we're slowly building it up. So there's lots of stuff. There's, who else have we got? The Shortcut, that was a new, relatively new uh, food truck here in Gibsons. Yeah, and then there's Buono's and Lenita's and obviously uh, Stafford down at Smitty's. 
And the Pink House, they just reopened. It's one of my favorite restaurants at the moment in Gibson's. If you haven't been there, you should go. We have been, yeah. yeah. We've had some wonderful meals there. Yeah, and, and definitely looking forward to getting back. W- let's talk a little bit more about that uh, staffing issue. What what is it? It's just flat out difficult to hire cooks. Yeah, I feel like there's just not enough cooks on the coast. And I'm not sure about Vancouver, but I haven't really heard anything from there. But I feel the wages have to increase for cooks. So now everyone's trying to pay more money, but they still can't fill positions. Even at you know, very good wages, they still can't fill these positions. So what we're doing here is I've simplified the menu relatively. We're doing wood-fired pizza rather than uh, wood-fired pizzas uh, and charcuterie boards and whatnot. And I've, I'm getting high school kids like they're graduating this year most of them and they're going to be here for the summer and that's how i'm sort of dealing with the staff shortage with the the shortage yeah Yeah. it seems to be uh pandemic to use uh, the wrong word (laughs) um it does it really does seem to be an issue do you you think there is some room for prices to move given the pent-up demand that we're seeing is that a longer term trend that might be getting possible now given the enthusiasm that people have to get back to dining i think people with the restaurant industry in the way that it's been for the last two years and pretty much everyone's been at half or less capacity, that the public have to realise they're going to have to, if they want to eat out, they're going to have to spend an extra buck or two on their dinner. So instead of used to be able to go and get a 15 or $16 burger and fries, I think now it's only fair that people realise that that burger is now going to be costing 18 to 20 bucks. Especially if it's well sourced, you know, if it's a frozen patty, then, you know, whatever. But hopefully no one on the coast is doing that kind of thing anymore. So I think if you want quality one, you're going to have to pay for it too. Just with the labor cost, restaurants still need to make a buck. So, you know, if you notice a price increase when you head out back to your local restaurants, then just from a industry insider i guess it's it's in good stead and and we shouldn't balk at prices agreed yeah it would be nice to see some some movement on that front anything else that you can see changes that have happened because of covid that are going to stick around for the long term is it has the restaurant industry changed in ways that it's not going back to i think delivery a lot of people jump straight on the delivery bandwagon and a lot more pick up and like push and take out and i think now people the consumer is now used to that easy aspect and they don't have to go out they can just go and pick something up go home you haven't got to deal with the rest like if you've got kids for instance it's a lot easier just to pick something up um i think there's a lot more pickup and to-go food ordered through restaurants now than there than there was pre-covid i know when i had my restaurant i hated doing to-go food i didn't like putting things in boxes should go on a plate but um, now like i totally see why it had to be done or why we're doing it now a lot more Right, and that's probably going to stick around. One one change that we noticed just uh, a couple of days ago was Legends Hall is now on the coast, right? So yes. they're delivering, yeah, groceries to your door. Hopefully some water keeper soon. Yeah, okay, good stuff, <laughs> good stuff. So yes, tell us what is going on because apart from running the kitchen here at Persephone, you've got your own business, Coastal Cultures, yep. making water kefirs. We talked about the last time. What uh, What is happening there? Coastal Cultures is still plodding along. I think we've got five flavors now currently of the water kefir. We're just still on the coast. I often think about trying to get into Vancouver uh, but until I get a, a full production facility, I don't think it's going to happen. Or if I get a partner with someone where there's a little bit of investment and we can scale up a little bit. I like it as it is. It's a passion project. It's not there to make money. It's just, you know, bring some healthy drinks to the coast. And it's I, my kids love it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful reason to do it. 
Sounds like having your own podcast. Mm. Not in it for the money. What are some of the things, apart from the wood-fired pizzas, uh, what are you cooking these days, either here or at home? What are you loving about early summer 2021 in terms of ingredients, and, and what are you cooking up? Well, here on the farm, we just got our first batch of greens. So we've got baby kale all over pizzas at the minute and the kale Caesar salad. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to farm-wise is just getting stuff off this farm and getting the fresh tomatoes, chucking them, chopping them up and chucking them on some bread and calling that a pizza because they'll, the ingredients will do the talking when they're that fresh straight off the vine. It's going to be handsome. Tell, tell us the, uh, the favourite dish that you've had uh, dining out recently on the coast, Paul. Probably the last time I went out was my, I think we, we just pretty much go out once a year, me, my wife and I, and we go to the Pink House the last two years. So it's probably just their meze. Oh, actually, their hummus with the lamb on top. That's ridiculous. The spiced lamb on the hummus. That was, like, really good. And the other dish, he's going to hate me for not remembering the name of it. No, it's completely gone. But the dish they have with the egg and then the deep-fried eggplant. Yes, with that, um, yes mangoes citric acidies pickled mango powder that blew my mind i i agree what is that called my wife is uh sitting next to me nodding as we record this do you remember what that was called and now she is shrugging too all right there's some research for me before this uh, episode no, goes out <laughs> all right yeah that was uncommonly good yeah. eggplant wasn't it so tasty all right paul thank you so much for taking the time uh i'm going to suggest we adjourn back into the uh tap room and out of the sun lovely thanks for having me What a beautiful afternoon on the beer farm. Paul, thank you for hosting us. And it turns out the name of that dish at Pink House is Sabique. That is the fried eggplant, six-minute egg, there's some hummus, some other things, and amba is listed on the menu as the spicy, savory, mango-based condiment. So I think that's what you were tasting and thinking of. That dish is so good. All right, two weeks ago on episode 51, we were in Las Vegas, virtually, of course, with the two sharp chefs, and I am excited to return again now. Joining me are lawyers and life partners Laura Tucker and Rajon Dangana. These two are definitely food enthusiasts, and Laura actually appeared on episode 25 of Chef Demoni, where we talked about the delicious craft beer scene in Vegas, and really in Nevada generally. Today, you will hear both from Laura and from Rajon, who has some clients in the food industry, and they're going to talk about just what the dining and beer scenes are like right now. All right, snapshots are meant to be quick, so let's get right to the talk. Rajan and Laura, thank you very much for joining me all the way from Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Gibsons, BC. It's uh, wonderful to see you both, and thanks for being on Chef Demoni. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks right. for having us. Of course. What I want to do is just really get a snapshot. That's what I'm calling these interviews. I want to get a snapshot of what is going on in various places. Las Vegas is a food scene that's important to me. You two are on the ground there. What is happening in Las Vegas? What are you seeing? Well, today is the first day of a full reopening. There's no restrictions. Uh, I think Laura knows a little bit more about that. Yeah, so all the restaurants are back up to 100% capacity today. And, of course, we just had a Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S., and it was a big holiday weekend, and we had a lot of visitors. I was reading yesterday that there was a 26-mile backup 
going back to California out of Las Vegas. So we got a, we definitely got our flood of visitors this weekend. <laughs> no kidding. I saw some pictures either on Instagram or Twitter and some, yeah, very upset comments. What is it like moving around Las Vegas now that, cause I know masks have been, uh, I'm not sure what the word is optional or if you're fully vaccinated in many places, yeah, you don't have to wear them and now no restrictions at all. Uh, what's it like on the streets going into restaurants? So today was the very first day, like we said, of, of them lifting the restrictions. And I did go out and grab our lunch today. And I did notice that I did act, actually no one in the restaurant was wearing a mask, which is it's been the last few weeks. I, I can't remember exactly when the governor li- made a uh, mask wearing optional. If you've been vaccinated, it's been a couple weeks and the first couple of days, it still seemed like most people were, were wearing masks and then slowly started dropping off. And now it kind of seems like it depends on your preference. You know, if you have a personal situation or if you just don't feel comfortable, then some people are still wearing masks. Yeah, I, I remember hearing on another podcast, the what's on the corner of Main Street, the Plaza Hotel downtown has a podcast and, and somebody there was commenting that, it's on the honor system. And based on that, it appears that about 98% of people have been fully vaccinated because there were not, <laughs> not, not a lot of masks to be seen, for sure. Well, I just assume that the unvaccinated will just lie about it to gain access to things. And, you know, but they're the ones who are at risk. The vaccinated ones are, are vaccinated. So, so they have to lie about it. So if you want to lie about it and get infected, sure. Over to you. What, if anything, are you hearing about uh, the demand for labor? I've heard anecdotally that it's really intense in Las Vegas. It seems to be intense in service industry everywhere because, of course, it was massively disrupted by the pandemic. And now I would imagine Vegas is, you know, sort of perhaps the most extreme example of pent up demand. Now people are going to want to come rushing back. Are are the restaurants going to be able to staff up? I don't think so. I think, uh, well, short line will be easier, you know, just flipping your burgers and so on and so forth. But even then, I think it's just going to be difficult. Uh, talent is hard to come by basically anywhere. So you, you can't, you can't even uh, plumb it from elsewhere. I've had, I've had uh, clients now wanting to do uh, specialty visas for skilled chefs from abroad. See if you can bring them in now that's opened up as well. And there's quite a bit of demand from that because it just, you can't, they can't uh, get the talent over here. Friends are asking me like, hey, do you know anybody in LA who wants to come and attend bar here? I'm like, well, then you got to move and we'll pay their moving expenses or whatever. Wow. It's, it's that intense. Is that, I would imagine just from a very simplistic supply and demand analysis that would put some upward pressure on wages. Is that starting to happen? I don't think so. No? Okay. The service industry remains the service industry? I think uh, because uh, the structure is, you know, a whole tipping structure, right? And um, if you're union, yeah, you got you got the you got the wages going, and that's fine. But I think in general, because, you know, the money has to come from somewhere, right? And if, you, if you've got this restaurant that you've been bleeding money for months now, and now you also have to raise your wages, you know, you can't, you can't double the menu prices, so... It's going to be a little bit of a dilemma. I think it'll come up again, but those who have the skill and who are still working in the service industry probably will have their pick of jobs. And we'll want to be in the job where you can get the, you know, those most bang for your tip buck. 
Laura, the last time we talked, we chatted a fair bit about the craft beer scene in Las Vegas and and in Nevada generally. Any comments there, experiences either that you have had or that you're looking forward to now that things are, are opened up again? Yes. So we actually had new breweries open up during COVID. I think we maybe had three, if I'm (laughs) correctly counting, that opened up. And then one, unfortunately, um, opened. It was one of the last places we went right before shutdown. And they just announced that they're closing um, at the end of August and hopefully reopening somewhere else. So we're, that's what T- we're Technically, <laughs> they, they said that they're going to open somewhere else. However, it's never a good sign when the somewhere else has not, not been, yet been <laughs> not, yeah. not been defined yet. Yeah, but now we've got even more craft beer in Las Vegas. And I know the breweries, they, they were really pumping out new brews all through COVID. And I know we tried to support them by ordering the curbside to get the, the new releases that they did, either crawlers or the canning. Um, one positive thing that I'm really happy about that happened as a result of COVID is that all of the breweries got the crawler machines, so you can actually get to go. <laughs> now, crawler <laughs> is, this is a new term to me. So this is, and I don't think I have seen one. It's a combination of a can and a growler somehow. Yeah, it's 32 ounces. It's, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a canning machine that cans a 32-ounce can, uh, can as opposed to a 64-ounce growler. The benefits of that is obviously it's a tighter seal and, you know, and it lasts a little longer and can don't get any light going in. You can basically sharpie the can easier than you can a growler. Also, it's easier Not to recyclable, drink 32 It's also easier to drink 32, <laughs> but you can't go refill a growler. But in COVID times, it wasn't about, you know, sustainability or recyclability. It was about, you know... You know, sanitation. They didn't want you to bring a growler that who knows how clean it is. They just want you to buy their growlers, drink it, toss the can. Yeah. And and away you go. Yeah. Well, I remember talking a year or two ago to a craft brew fellow here on the Sunshine Coast, and he was talking about how there was already a resurgence of interest in cans even then because these growlers, you know, people would buy 64 ounces, take it home drink 12 or 24 or whatever, and then be left with flat beer the next day. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Favorite things you're cooking or eating right now that we're into, as we said before, we just started, just before we started recording the, the very hot time of year in Las Vegas. Yeah. So one thing that I actually rediscovered, um, speaking of cooking, I just rediscovered it this last weekend um, because we had a friend who, went fishing in Minnesota and brought back a whole bunch of walleye to fry. And so we had a, everyone was vaccinated. We had a get together (laughs) to have the fish fry. And my friend said, can you bring dessert? And I was like, man, it's so hot outside. I don't really want to, you know, have my oven on and baking and then have some kind of hot dessert. And I remembered that this dessert my mom used to make that I still don't know the the name of it (laughs) still. It's just like a combination of pecans on the bottom and then cream cheese mixed with whipped cream and some confectioner sugar, then chocolate pudding and topped with (laughs) cool whip on the top again. (laughs) It's a really delicious cold dessert. (laughs) And I feel like I'm going to be making it all summer now. (laughs) All summer long. I think I will be too. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) And I've got to say, I grew up, 
just north of Minnesota uh, in in a town called Thunder Bay, about four hours north of Duluth. And uh, I think it's quite awesome. My Thunder Bay friends are going to be a little miffed that the first time that walleye has ever been mentioned on this podcast, it was from Las Vegas. (laughs) Well, it came from there. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, how about places that you're really looking forward to getting back to in the in the Las Vegas scene? Is there either a hole in the wall joint that's now opened up again, or is there been a, is there a fine dining spot that you've been saving up mentally to go to once everything opened up again? So last year, um, it in 2020, it was a milestone birthday for Rajon. I won't I won't disclose what that milestone was. <laughs> podcast <laughs> but all right it's, you're still younger than the host <laughs> <laughs> but um his birthday's in early april and we had gotten together a group of 12 friends and we were all going to go to bizarre meet by jose andres and you know i, I think we shut down at the beginning of march and and that I, didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, you know, like, thinking, oh, it's still going to happen. And then I was so sad when I had to cancel that reservation. <laughs> and I know that's something we didn't get there for this birthday for him. But I, you know, because not quite everyone was all vaccinated in April yet. But now most of our friends are. So I think that we need to plan our trip to Bizarre Meet finally. <laughs> uh, just out, out of out of uh, just sure pure coincidence. Um, You've had some really good smoked meats lately. Um, okay. There's a art installation in Vegas called Area 15. I've heard this is where Omega Mart is. Yes. Okay. Exactly. okay. And they have the, the restaurant there run by Todd English called Feed the Beast, I believe. I had a, an amazing smoked pastrami sandwich, which was probably the best I've ever had in my life. You know, I mean, hyperbole, this, this waiter always says it's, it's one of the best, right? But, you know. But it really was. <laughs> Turns out this and one was right. <laughs> we also went to another uh, barbecue joint right between two breweries, just like wedge right there. With a full outdoor smoker, about you know twenty feet of smoking apparatus. Wow! Outside the the joint, I wonder how how that's uh, smoking the the beer malts as well, maybe because <laughs> <and, uh, they laughs> they'll just go with the meat. Excellent smoked meats as well. So just it's turning out to be you know one of those summers where smoked meat is. And at least for me, is making it, a big comeback here. Yeah, and that place was called Soul Belly that we went to, and it's okay. in two of the three new, new breweries. breweries that open: um, Huddle Brewing and Nevada Brew Works. So okay. that, that whole block is new, basically new, yep. new establishments, new. including is it, is it down downtown? Yep. Yes, it's okay. in the Arts District, which is Arts District. Okay, it's, sort of it's still downtown. This yeah. yeah, it's not on that Fremont area. Right, it's a little right. Off. No. So um, close, close to close to Esther's would be. Yes, yes. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Another place that we discovered during COVID is actually um, run by now our friend Lotus um, from Nepal. It's called Coffee Religion. It's this. Um, I love it's that a name. Coffee place. Yeah, it's great. It's a coffee place and cafe, and they do this great afternoon tea, um, which I went to with my mom and sister after we all got vaccinated. <laughs> And um, it's and they serve uh, Nepalese momos, yep. which Rajon can tell you what momos are. They're basically <laughs> they, they look like shumai or uh, or or you know or jaji or gyoza. or gyoza, you know, similar some similar, but just the, the the way it's spiced inside and then the sauces on top are different. Okay, it's a Nepalese okay. style, and you know, it's, it's it's really good. It's tasty. And they also they also do have. Um, I think they're the only place here that has. 
coffee bean from Nepal. Starting a trend there. It's it's cool enough. It's mountainous enough where that elevation where you can get some some good coffee bushes, I guess, or trees. I think they're trees. They're trees. Yeah. I think they're trees. Yeah. Well, that gives me a whole bunch of new places to try in Las Vegas. I, I, I like you. I can't wait to get to Bazaar Meat. I've been hearing a lot about it recently, and um, the stories of how seriously they take the heritage breed meats and tell the story. And uh, I can't wait to see it. So please let me know how your belated dinner goes. <laughs> We're continuing the trend of the meats. You know, so. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the summer of meats. This is not a this is not a vegetarian snapshot. <laughs> it's not. No, it's all good. Meat it's the meat and beer snapshot. I think people will be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Laura and Rajan, thank you so much for uh for taking the time and I hope to see you soon, as soon as the border opens up and I can get back to Vegas. All right. All right, thanks, Grant. See you soon. <laughs> Wow, there are a lot of new places for me to try on my next trip to town. Bizarre meat, and I must check out Area 15, and then there are new barbecue and coffee options. I'm looking forward to my next trip to Vegas more than ever now. I've also got to try Laura's dessert recipe. She kindly sent me a link to that, and it will be in the show notes. Thank you, Laura and Rajan and Paul, for being on the show today. It was great to get thoughts from all of you on where the culinary scene and the restaurant business as business are standing right now. Thank you for being here, too. I really appreciate you stopping by, and I hope that you enjoyed the first of the Cheftimony snapshots. There will be more to come. Remember to get in touch if you've got a question or a comment for the show, perhaps a guest suggestion or a topic idea. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm there at Cheftimony. On LinkedIn, you can find me under my name, Graham McLennan, and you can always send me an email. Those go to graham at Cheftimony.com. All right. That is all for today. Thank you again for being here. I'm Graham McLennan, and I'll see you again soon, right here on Chef Demonte.